Blog Talk Radio. Stephen B's media production is a part of the Chillcaster Network. The proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ by members of the Churches of Christ. With your host, Stevie R. Butler. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show.
You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Good evening, web around the world, listening to this radio broadcast. Stevie B's Me Production presents What a Word from the Lord radio show. I'm your host, Stevie R. Butler, and this radio show is being broadcast from Stevie B. Me Production at the Carolina Studio in the great state of North Carolina. Ladies and gentlemen, we are just grateful for the privilege to be able to bring you a program where we as Christians and members of the Churches of Christ get to share our faith and preach and teach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ on a weekly basis. If you'd like to contact us while we're on the air this evening, just give me a call to the live show at 713-955-0508. Or you can go to a Blog Talk Radio website and listen to the show live there. Or if you have any questions or comments for any of my co-hosts or special guests on this radio show, you can send your emails to my new email address, butlerspeed1009 at yahoo.com. Or you can call me at Carolina, uh, Stevie B's Me Production at Carolina Studio at 910-491-6405. Now, again, this program is brought to you by members of the Churches of Christ. And if you need any assistance in locating a congregation in your area, please feel free to contact us. Now, folks, get out your Bibles and stay along with us here on What a Word from the Lord radio show. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Before we go into our program for this evening, I would ask that you would bow with me in a word of prayer that we may thank God for this opportunity. Our most kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, the Father, Lord, and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to go through the various activities of the day and placing it on our hearts that we are on this broadcast and we are prepared now to present a portion of your holy and divine word. Father, we pray that you will bless my speakers for the show this evening, my co-host, Isom Mullers, and my special guest speaker, C.W. Burris, as they break unto our listeners the bread of life, and also my special guest, the in the community corner, the presidential candidate of the United States, Alice Yancey P., as she serves our community with her various talents and gifts to uplift our neighbors. We pray that you would bless them all, their families that support their efforts as well. Father, we pray that you would bless our listeners who are tuning in to this radio broadcast via Blog Talk Radio as well as through social media. We pray that they may listen well, that they may consider their eternal stance before you and that their hearts may be pricked. That will cause them to ask the question, what must I do to be saved? Father, we thank you so much for sending the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We are just so grateful for his precious sacrifice on Calvary's cross. Without such a sacrifice, we would not have a hope of eternal life. While even now, we ask you to forgive us for the transgressions of our own heart. We know our flesh is weak, and we often fall short of thy will. Father, we pray that you will continue to bless us, keep us, and love us all the days of our lives. And that we have been faithful unto death. Father, we pray that you will save us. For it's in Christ's name we do ask it all. Amen. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the broadcast. In the first segment, my special guest speaker is C.W. Burris. He serves with the Woodland Boulevard Church of Christ there in Dallas, Texas. He's been on this show numerous of times, and we always appreciate him dropping by to speak to our listening 
audience, and in the community corner, my special guest is presidential candidate of the United States, Alice Yancey P. from Covington, Georgia. Looking forward to talking to her in the community corner. And in the last segment, my co-host, Isa Mullins, he serves with the Church of Christ there in the apex of North Carolina area. So we're looking forward to always hearing a word from my co-host, Isa Mullins. So open up your Bibles and open your minds, and let's have a great show. After the break, the next one you hear will be that of my special guest speaker, C.W. Ferris. Enjoy the show. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. When I think about my Lord, oh, what he does for me, oh, he. I may not get it at the moment, but I trust his wisdom, holy, he's holy. From the Lord Radio Show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, my special guest speaker, C.W. Ferris. The Bible teaches us that whatever things that were written before time were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the scriptures, we might have hope. And with that thought in mind, I call your attention to 
Second Kings, the fourth chapter, verses 25 through 26. And the Bible says, So she went and came unto the man of God to Mount Carmel. And it came to pass that when the man of God saw her afar off, that he said to Gehazi his servant, Behold, yonder is the Shunammite. Run now, I pray thee, to meet her, and say unto her, Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? And is it well with thy child? And she answered, It is well. I want to talk to you today briefly about three answers that every family should know in the year of our Lord, 2022. And I preached this sermon over 35 years ago. And I find that this sermon is still relevant to us today as it was when I first taught it. I think it was Christmas Eve in the 1940s. And a little boy went to Macy's department store to purchase his mother a Christmas gift. And he wanted to purchase mother a Brazier. But being embarrassed and intimidated, he could not adequately describe to the lady exactly what he wanted to purchase for his mom. And so the store clerk asked him, said, what do you want to buy your mom? Do you want to purchase a slip? And the boy said, no. Do you want to buy her some nice panties? And again, the boy said no. He said, do you want to buy some nice lace stockings? The boy said no again. So the lady pointed to her bosom and, and asked the boy, do you want to buy your mom a bra? And the little boy finally being able to know the gift that he wanted, told that lady, yes, I want to buy my mom a bra. But the little boy, in his haste, forgot to ask. I did not realize that bras come in various sizes. And the lady asked him, son, what size bra does your mama wear? The boy, being embarrassed again and blushing, said, I don't know. She, the clerk, asked, is your mother tall? Is she short? Is she skinny? Is she large? Is she about the size of a lemon or uh, the size of a grapefruit or a melon? And that little boy being much more embarrassed, he stood back on the heels of his feet. And in defense of his mother, he balled up his little fist, and with a loud voice, he told that store clerk, he said, my mama is just right. And of course, it turned out that he had to return and exchange the bra because his mama was about the size 52 Triple D, but but the fact of the matter is that women, sisters, and mothers, can your child say that about you? Can your child say that my mama is just right? Elissa, an understudy and mentee of the prophet Elijah, came to Shunem regularly. Because he served not only as a prophet and a holy man of God, but also as a kind of circuit judge. And in Shunem, which is located on the eastern end of the Valley of Jezreel, lived a prominent woman whose name is not even mentioned in the Bible. But she gave uh, Elisha the highest praise that any man can ever receive. 
because in chapter 4, verse number 9, to her husband she said, I perceive this is a holy man of God. This woman spoke to her minister one day and said to him, said, said Preacher, I don't know, but I, I think something is wrong with me. I don't feel a closeness with God. She said, I come to church, I read my Bible, I'm a Christian, but I don't feel God's closeness. Do do you think that God has favorites? Which the preacher answered, God does not have favorites, but God does have intimates. God does not have favorites, but if you talk with him long enough and you become a friend of God, you become an intimate, a, a surgeon of the Most High. Well, let me share this with you. Even though God does not have favorites, he has intimates. He loved those whom he loved. And this Shunammite woman recognized that Elisha as one of God's intimates, holy men. So she suggested to her husband that they build a little room on the side of the wall so that when Elisha passed through, he would have a safe and comfortable place to stay. So her husband agreed, and they built a little room and furnished it with a bed and a table and a chair and a candle. And whenever he and Gehazi passed through Shunam, they would stop and rest and eat with this Shunammite woman and her husband. And because of the kindness shown, he and Gehazi one day, when they were visiting the woman, called the woman to his chamber. And he asked her, what is it? that I can do for you. I have friends in high places. I know the king. Do, do you want a job? Do you need me to, to, to give you anything? Do you need anything from the notable men that I know? Do you have want of anything? The Shunammite woman said, no, I'm all right. I'm happy being right here where I am. We just want to show you kindness. But Gehazi, knowing that her husband was old and that she perhaps always wanted but could not bear a, a husband, a child, Gehazi told Elisha, and, and that Shunammite woman's deep desire, which was longing and a desire to bear her husband a child. And Elisha prays, tells her about this time next year, you're going to give birth to a son. Well, time passes by, and the boy became of age, and the Bible said when he was grown, which in the Jewish custom would have been probably about 8 to 12 years old, uh, the boy went to work with his daddy and in the field with the reapers. And no doubt he became overheated and perhaps had a sunstroke, and he cried, Oh, my head, my head. So his daddy, being too busy working, told one of the youths to take the boy to his mama. And they took the boy to his mama, and she placed her son on her knees. And the Bible says about noontime, the boy, her only son, there he died in her arms. And so she took the boy and laid him on the bed of Elisha, said to her servant, Go get the fastest horse, and, and, and we have to ride and, uh, until your coattail is blown in the wind. Don't wait on me, but ride as fast as you can. Keep going until we get to the man of God. 
And she finds Elisha in the valley of Jezreel. And Gehazi sees her first and comes to Elisha. And Elisha told them to run and ask her before she gets to me. You asked her, is it well with thee? Is it well with your husband? And is it well with your child? And she said, it is well. But like Abraham, in the physical sense of things, the Shunammite woman, she lies. No woman's heart is often an ocean of secrets. There are things that are going on beneath the skin. There uh, might be a pretty face on the outside, but on the inside, perhaps a storm is brewing. There's a facade that everything looks like it is supposed to look. It is supposed to be okay. We have a false sense about us, but the world expects you to say that you are doing fine when they ask, how are you doing? The world often expects you to say that you're doing fine when they ask how you're doing. But in a real sense, nobody or very few people really wants to know how you're doing. But Elisha, the prophet, knew that something was wrong when, when he looked at the woman. He could see a vexation of spirit in her soul. So Elisha saw the bitterness in this woman's spirit, and he had never seen this before. And he wanted to get it out of her. He asked her, is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your child? And she said, it's well. Private grief shattered her world and had stolen her pride and her joy. Had she answered honestly, she would have perhaps admitted that she was quite upset with God. Because when you read further in the text, she says, why would God give me this blessing and then take it away from me? I want you to know this afternoon that God is not so small that he is offended with you questioning him. God is not taken aback because you are upset that things have not turned out the way they were planned. You prayed and you asked God for this. And maybe God has given it to you. Something just to snatch it away. And when you are brutally honest with yourself and with God, you, like me and others, sometimes you are upset. Why would God give me this blessing but then snatch it away from me? When my baby sister was killed in a car train accident, I asked God to let my baby sister live and to take my life instead. I asked God to keep my parents alive, but God took them away. I asked God for something positive to happen in my life and, and that I should be somewhere else spiritually and emotionally. And God said that my grace is sufficient for you. Most gladly, therefore, now I will give glory in my infirmity that the power of God may rest upon me so that with my handicap I can still give God the glory. With my questions, I can tell God, thank you. I, with doubts, can still raise my hands in the sanctuary and shout 
Hallelujah. I don't follow God because I understand them. I follow because I trust them. I believe because I've always I try to understand because I believe. And I believe that if God closes this door, he's getting ready to open a bigger and better door for me. And if he shuts this down, and if he doesn't do anything else for me, like Fantasia sings, he's already done enough. Mother, woman, and sister, give me your honest answer today. Is it well with you? I did not ask how well your career is going. I ask, is it well with you? I don't want to know if you have broken the glass ceiling of corporate America and climbed the corporate ladder of success. I ask, is it well with you? I did not ask how nice your house is or what kind of car you drive or how much money is in your 401K. I ask. The question, is it well with you? And I don't need to know if you have Gucci, Michael Cord, Giovanni, Prada, Cazelle, or Louis Vuitton. I want to know where it really counts. Is it well with you? Because if we lose all that stuff, is it well? If a man, your man, walks out, is it well with you, mother? If your children break your heart, is it well? If your health fails, is it well with your soul? Peace, like a river, tinted my way. When sorrows like sea billows roar, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. It is not always well with my health, but it's well with my soul. Might not always be well with my children, but it's well with my soul. It's not always well with my family, but it's well with my soul. Wish I had somebody who could testify. Sometimes I'm up. Sometimes I'm down. Sometimes I'm laughing to keep from crying. But if you ask me even at midnight, it's well with my soul. Mother, woman, sister, when I ask if it's well, I'm asking are you saved? And if you're not saved, I don't care how much designer clothes you wear. I don't care if it's Gucci or Prada or Gazelles or whatever it may be. Whether it's Marshalls, Walmart, or you got it from the dollar store. If you are not saved, it is not well with your soul. Then if you are saved, are you growing as a Christian? 
If you are being honest, could you admit that preacher is not well, but maybe it's all right physically? Disappointment and sorrow have come in to sour the spirit and to harden your heart and cry out in anguish like the son of my woman, why give me this blessing and then snatch it away from me? I've got to ask you, is it well? Is it well with thee? And then Elisha asked the woman, he asked, is it well with, with your husband? And she said, it is well. This too, like Abraham, was a lie. Because when the boy got sick, when the child was in the field with his father and had a sunstroke with his father, and his daddy said, take the boy to his mama. And the father sends the child to his mother because the father was busy. He's reaping. He's working. He's too busy to be attentive to his only son. He's too busy to be bothered. And we hurt our children when we wound our children by being too busy, by being not wanting to be bothered. Fathers, we must spend quality time with our children because if we don't spend quality time, others will. The streets will. And if your child does not make it in life, never let it be said it was because you were not there. Because it's hard enough to raise children when we are there, let alone when we are not in a child's life. The father sent that boy to his mother, and then the mother said, I have to go and find the holy man of God. And the father said to his wife, whom the only son was sick unto death, he said, find the man of God. It ain't the new moon. It's not the Sabbath day yet. It ain't time to go to church. It's not Christmas, Mother's Day, or Easter. I'm working. I don't have time. Men who lead their families, you need to leave your family to church. The church today is mostly made up of women, and, and seemingly because men seem to think that it's effeminate to go to church. They want to stay home and watch sports and, and go fishing and, and wash the cars and, and ride uh, their muscle vehicles and so forth. And they don't come to church because perhaps they are Mother's Day and Easter kind of Christians. And they walked away from the faith. And if that child is to be delivered, it's going to take the church to help deliver the child. It is not well with him, because if you read 1 Peter 3, verses 1 and 2, the Bible says, if you cannot win him with the word, win him with your godly behavior. Don't cuss your husband out, because he won't go to church. You just live like a Christian. 
Just walk with God like before him, and God will use your behavior to get your husband to hear his words. Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? And then Elissa asks this final question. Is it well with your child? And she said, it is well. She again is not telling the truth because the boy is already dead. And Elisha sees how broken she is, how vexed and how bitter she is. And when she's finally about to tell him the truth, pain was so deep that she's about to fall on Elisha's feet and Gehazi is about pushing her away. But Elisha said, let her come. Because something is wrong with this woman. Something is vexing her soul. She said, why would God give me this my old barren wound, a child, and, and then snatch that child away from me? Elisha, he gets on his horse, and he and Gehazi head to the woman's house. And before I end this text, I recall the late Dr. Billy Graham once told the story of a child who lay dying in the hospital. And she had a fatal illness, and she was the only child of her mother and her father. And the doctors came into her room, and the child asked, am I going to live? And the doctor, in his silence, told her everything she needed to know. The girl called her mother to her bedside, and she takes her mother by the hand. And she says to her mother, you taught me how to dress. You taught me how to flirt. You taught me how to dance. You taught me how to make small talk. You taught me how to play bridge. You, you, you taught me how to sip a cocktail. But you never taught me how to find God and die. She turned her mother's hand loose, and that child died. And those were her last words. Your children will either inherit your faith, your failures, or your foolishness. What is it that you want to leave your children? Here it is. The Bible says who can find a virtuous woman. Say, Her price is far above rubies. And so, brothers and sisters and children, when you know your value, you don't need nobody else to validate you. God will be your companion. and God will be your guide. And God will be your protector. Disappointment and sorrow has come. But God will be there no matter what. And Elisha goes with her to the house. And he goes into the room where that child is. child is laying prostrate upon Elisha's bed. 
And the Bible says the prophet lays his body on the boy. He puts his eyes on the boy's eyes, his nose on the boy's nose, his mouth on the mouth of the boy. And the Bible says that boy started to get warm, but the boy still not moving yet. So Elisha gets back on the boy, and he starts blowing, resuscitating in the boy's mouth. Poof! 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 The Bible says the boy started to sneeze. He sneezed one time, two times, three times, four times, and five times, six times. He ain't up yet. He breathes seven times. And on the seventh time, which is the number of perfection, the Bible says on the seventh time, that boy comes back to life again. And Elisha presents him to his mother. Because when he had laid on him, that's church. But when he breathed on him, that is spirit, and that is the word. And if you want your child to come alive today, let him or her come to church and hear the preacher say, Poof, because there is power in the word. You can talk about the old preacher all you want. Barbecue the preacher when you get home. Criticize and say the old chicken eater ain't nothing. But when life turns on you, you're going to want to know, is there a word from the Lord? And in my conclusion, it was November of 1963, and President John F. Kennedy came to Texas. He came to Dallas because his campaign was failing, and, and there were people in Dallas who loved and wanted to see Jacqueline Kennedy, his wife. And so he invites President, Vice President Johnson and Governor Conley, and he spends the night in Fort Worth. He took a flight in the morning from Fort Worth to Dallas Love Field, and he and Mrs. Kennedy was within the motorcade, and people were lined up along the fence. And they got into the car, the presidential limo, and they were in the motorcade downtown Dallas. And it was shown on TV all over the world, and, and people were watching everywhere in all countries. And there were a plethora of people lined up along the streets of Dallas. The president's limo had no top on it because he wanted to see the people and the people wanted to see he and Mrs. Kennedy. And he wanted to wave to the people, and they wanted to, to wave to he and Jackie Kennedy. And coming through downtown Dallas, they got to Dealey Plaza. But in the meantime, there, there were people lined up at the Aparamont waiting on the president to come and make a speech. The governor's cabinet were there. The U.S. congressmen. And senators were there. The high society people of Texas and Dallas were all at the Paramount, while the common people were on the street waving at the president and Mrs. Kennedy. But the bluebirds and the big shots, they were all at the Paramount, 
waiting on the president to arrive. And when they were passing through Dealey Plaza, shots rang out and the president was hit. The motorcade was on its way to Parkland Hospital when they got word at the Paramount that the president had been shot. U.S. senators were at the Paramount. Congressmen were there at the Paramount. The riches of people were in Dallas at the Paramount. When they got the word that the president had been shot, nobody asked for a senator. Nobody asked for a U.S. representative. Nobody even asked for the rich and the famous. But somebody went to the microphone and asked, is there a preacher in the house? And the late Dr. E.B.T. Smith approached the microphone, bowed his head, and said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And if it is your will, give the president life. And if it's not your will, keep this country together. And let us move forward in your name. Because your word says, if my people that are called by my name, that's what CBT Smith said. U.S. senators were there. Representatives were there. They didn't want them. The people wanted to know, is there a preacher in the house? Is there a holy man of God so we can inquire of the Lord by him? Brothers and sisters, if you want your children to act right, if you want your children to live right, bring them to church. And not only bring them to church, but let them hear what the Lord has to say. And this evening it may not be a sermon where I get a lot of amen. This might be a sermon where we just need to go home and call the family to a meeting and sit down and let's talk about are we well? Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? And is it well with your child, and it's not well, you need to be saved, and you need to be saved right now. You ought to come while the blood runs warmly in your veins, and put Christ on in the watery grave of baptism for the remission of your sins. Become a Christian, walk the Christian life, and stay in the church and work until you're called from your labor to your reward. And that is my message, and that is my hope, and that is my prayer. In Jesus' name, all said, amen, amen, and amen. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Lord, I want to be a
from the Lord Radio Show. Is your congregation in need of lending for a building or expansion project? As your partner and advocate, Diversified Financial Network will take the time to understand your unique situation and develop a financing solution that meets your specific need. It's an exciting time for your congregation, and what you need is a company with expertise in church financing early in the process. Call us today at 1-866-513-6665 or visit us at www.diversifiedfinancegroup.com. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. The Community Corner. Ladies and gentlemen, the Community Corner is simply designed 
time to tell our listeners just what products and services are being offered in our communities and how you can get in contact with these various vendors for their services. Ladies and gentlemen, you'd be surprised to know just what products and services that people have to offer that are sitting right there among us in our congregation. This is one of my favorite segments because we get a chance to hear just what are some of the things that people are doing around us to serve in our community. We've had people on this show who are involved in financial services, legal services. We've had authors or college consultants. We've had professional boxers who are community activists. We've had NFL players. We've had casting producers for TV shows, uh, farmers, comedians, health and wellness models. Uh, the list just goes on and on. So we just want to make the things aware of just what services are available to them. Now, I have the special honor and privilege in the community corner on this evening. I'm just so excited to have my special guest. She is a presidential candidate of the United States, Alice Yancey Teague from Covington, Georgia. And also, and this was quite a surprise as well, and this is why I'm really excited, because she's a member of the Lord's Church, of the Stonecrest Church of Christ in McDougal, Georgia. Alice Yancey Teague, welcome to Community Corner. Are you there? Hello? Okay, I don't see. Alice, are you on the line? Okay. Alice, are you there? Are you there, Alice? Hello, Alice? Are you there? Hello, Alice? Okay, Alice. Where are you? Now I seem to have lost her. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I seem to have lost my guest for the community corner. Let me play another song. Let's see if I can get her back on the air. I don't know what happened to her connection. Are you there, Alice? I am here. Can you hear me? Okay, I hear you now. What happened? I have no idea, Mr. CBB, but I'm here in the flesh. I gave you that big introduction and then you disappeared on me. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us in the Community Corner Thank you so much for having me And thanks for the listeners for listening to me tonight Yes, ma'am I have a few questions that I wanted to ask you Because this is a big deal, I think, in my opinion I'm a big uh, political guru anyway I love politics And when I heard that you was a member of the Lord's Church I was just so excited to have you on the show Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. I am a member of the Lord's Church. I've been a member of that. I was baptized when I was eight years old in Paris, Tennessee. At that time, my minister was um, Timothy Steele. Of course, I moved from Georgia, and now my minister is the most wonderful man that you would ever know, Dr. Richard Barclay from McDonald Church of Christ. Yeah, I know Brother Barclay. Yeah. (laughs) 
Now, let me ask you now, how did you get involved in politics? Well, thank you for asking that question. I come from a background of political um, people. My mother, um, Jefferson, she was a, like a Mother Teresa on the west side of Chicago. I took a big corporation mayor that we had in Chicago. Seeing her dedication and her drive um, compelled me to be involved in politics. Now, this is my second time running for President of the United States. I did run in 2020, and because of uh, the pandemic, it caused me to suspend my campaign. And then seeing what um, happened in our Capitol, the attack that was on our Capitol in 2021, compelled me to run again because our republic freedom with our democracy around the world is under attack. And we must not a blind eye to this. Our rights and our freedom and our prosperity and the pursuit of happiness is all we have. It is not an experience. It is experiment. It is our constitution right. It is our birthright. It is our right. civil right and given right and as and it's our citizen right and our sacred right. And because I love this country and I wanted to protect this country, I want to protect this democracy, and I want to fight for every American. Okay, now tell me now, why do you feel you're qualified to be the president of the United States? Well, thank you for asking me that question. I feel that I'm qualified because I love this country, and I was born in this country. And then um, seeing what the tax that was on our constitution, as I mentioned before, gives me the right to run to run this race of the United States. And then according to the Article 2 of Section 1 of the U.S. Constitution, it only opposed three eligible requirements to run for President of the United States. One, you have to be 35 years of age, you have to be living in the United States for 14 years, and you have to be born a citizen or you have to have a parent to be born in a citizen. And with me being um, in the country for over 18 years, I'm definitely qualified as my age. I was born in 1959. And then seeing what has um, happened in our country, it's in my DNA to run this race as President of the United States of America. Amen. I have one more question that I want to ask you now. Tell us now, what is your platform for your 2024 election? Well, 2024 platform, thank you for asking that question. It's very simple. Um, I want to do health care, a university health care plan, gun control. We must address gun control because our children are not targeted. And then I want to increase the minimum wage. Minimum wage needs to go from $7.25. We haven't had an increase to $18 to $20 an hour because, as you know, uh, we have parents and people that are working two to three jobs just to put food on the table. So we must make sure that parents and people can afford to put food on their table. We have to address mass incarceration. Um, mass incarceration is no different than it was 60 years ago. And then I mm. want to reform student I believe that student loan, you should be able to have an education, and it should be free, just like Europe and Canada. And then I want to be able to put your student loan in Chapter 7. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not telling everybody to file Chapter 7, but I'm saying if you have to file Chapter 7, it should be included in um, the bankruptcy. So that's mm -hmm. why student loans need reform. 
We need to have better programs for our veterans. Some of our veterans, as you know, are homeless, and that should not be. They served our country, and veterans, if you're on the line tonight, I salute you. Thank you for serving our country. You are our American hero. Then we have to deal with climate change. Somehow, I like breathing clean, clean air, and I like to have clean water. Somehow, we have to have a system develop that. So that is one of my things as well, along with homeless. Like I mentioned before, we have over 200,000 people that are homeless. America is too rich of a country to be homeless. If we can send millions and billions of dollars to fight a war, definitely we should be able to build affordable homes for homeless, especially those who are veterans. And then my last thing is senior citizens. My mother always told me to take care of senior citizens. And I just want to say, seniors, if you're on the line, thank you for taking care of your children, other children, and thank you for paving a way for people like me so that I can stand tall and be able to represent you and to fight for you for better program because I believe that your medication should decrease and your Social Security benefits should increase. Now, that's, uh, Sister Yancey, now tell us now, how can my listeners donate to your campaign? Well, there are several ways that they can donate. You can cash app dollar sign Yancey Pigs 2024, or you can go to our website, AliceYanceyPigs2024.com, or you can do our post office box, which is P.O. Box 17, Covington, Georgia, 30016. And we love your donation. As you know, it takes um, a lot of funds to run for President of the United States of America, and we need your help. We need your support. I can't do this by myself. I want to see the change. I want to fight for you. I want to fight for our democracy. And I, I ask you to visit my website, and I thank you for this opportunity. Mr. Alice Yancey Pig is presidential candidate of the United States, and she's also a member of the Stonecrest Church of Christ in McDougal, Georgia. We certainly appreciate you taking the time to join us here on the Community Corner. Well, thank you. And let me just say this. My campaign manager is a preacher, so that's a a good thing. And um, I'm just so happy. Um, He's doing a very good job um, doing our campaign. And like I said, let's make a difference together, and we can do this. And I can wake up every morning fighting for the American people. Thank you. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us in the Community Corner. And thank you for having me on your show. Amen. And God the bless. Community Corner. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. I get a job, I'm not sure if it lasts for long. 
from the Lord Radio Show.
You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now my co-host, Isom Mullins. Good evening, good evening, good evening, and God bless you. I want to say once again, thank you to Brother Steve Butler for giving me a platform uh, to uh, once again preach and and talk about the goodness of the Lord. Amen. Um, before I get started this evening, I want to uh, wish a good luck to the presidential kind of presidential candidate, and I want to let her know that a veteran definitely is online this evening. Twenty three years, United States Army. Amen. Let us get started. Uh, this evening, our topic is entitled, Put It Back Where You Found It. Our topic for this evening is entitled, Put It Back Where You Found It. Let us turn to Genesis chapter 2, 15 through 17. Genesis chapter 2, 15 through 17. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But when you eat from it, you will certainly die. So basically, God created man named him, and gave him a list of things to do. And then he set boundaries for Adam so that he knew exactly what not to do. Then God determined that man needed someone that he would not be lonely, someone to talk to, someone to care about him, and someone he could love and cherish. So he created Eve. From Adam's rear. Let's move over to Genesis chapter 2, 18, 21 through 24. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She should be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Now, in creating Eve for Adam, the same rules applied for both of them to respect and to uphold. But my brothers and sisters, tonight I want you to notice something. In creating this list for Adam and Eve, God was very clear in what they could do and what they should do, and then letting them know what fruit should not be touched. He never once consulted man, asked man, or asked woman their opinion. 
or even asked them how they felt. He knew what was best and what lead and what would lead them to destruction, just like he knows now by giving us his word and doctrine. Let's move on. Let's go to Genesis chapter three, one through seven. As we tackle uh, Genesis chapter 3, 1 through 7, we understand that the situation in the garden between Eve and the serpent. And I will pause here at Genesis chapter 3 to allow you to catch up and read along with me. Once again, Genesis chapter 3, 1 through 7. Genesis chapter 3, 1 through 7, and it reads, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat. And also gave unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. The situation in the garden, we were talking about Eve and the serpent. And thinking about that situation we just read, it it reminded me of going grocery shopping with my mother. I remember we used to pull up into the parking lot of the grocery store, and she used to give me the same, exact same speech I had listened to a hundred times. And we are here to get things that are on her list, not candy not toys, not anything else, just what's on this list. And I would shake my head indicating that I heard her clearly. But we both knew I was determined to make her deviate from her list. Our grocery cart full of food, and then I would run up with a water gun, and she would tell me to put that back where you found it. Then I would later on walk up with some Chips of hard cookies, and she would tell me to put it back where you found it. Cracker jacks and potato chips and bubble gum, army men action figures, rubber balls, jump ropes, matchbox cars, on and on. And she would tell me the exact same thing, put it back where you found it. What I did not realize was she was on a mission to get things to feed our family and to sustain our household. And with my immature mind, I wanted to get things that were only for me 
things that would make me feel special and things I thought I needed. And I could not care less about my mother's list or her purpose. But being in charge of the list, she stood firm and always told me to put it back where you found it. My brothers and sisters, does that behavior sound familiar today? From our fellow Christians and people of this world, always trying to get you to put stuff in your spiritual grocery cart, trying to get you to add to the list that God gave you. Acts chapter 5 and 29 says, But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. Luke chapter 6 and 46 says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Matthew chapter 7, 21 through 23 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. My brothers and sisters, we need Christians today that are wise enough and bold enough to tell our churches to put it back where you found it. Did God approve of all these titles, First Lady? When did he tell us to put instruments in his church? Amen. We were placed on this earth not to serve or to please ourselves, but to please and be pleasing to him. My brothers and my sisters, wouldn't it have been amazing if Adam would have looked at Eve and noticing what was in her hand and remembering what God had said, if he would have just looked her in the eyes and told her to put it back where she found Today, as we take a look at the world and at its state of affairs, we continuously are shocked and appalled by the constant shootings and the racist acts of abortion issues, homelessness problems, scandals, increase in illegal drug activity, alcoholism, housing shortages, road rage, divorce, lack of love in the church, and Republicans mad at the Democrats, and the Democrats are blaming the conservatives, and gender issues running rampant, and we continue to spiral into a rapid descent of indifference, intolerance, and violence. What happened, Christians? What happened, deacons? What happened, elders? What happened, preachers? While we were so busy adding things to God's list just to put more bodies in the seats and adding to the list in order not to offend people and adding to the list according to our feelings and desires, somebody should have took us aside and stood up and said, Put it back where you found it. God has already gave us a list, and there isn't any room on that list for things that we want to add. We look at the list and said God must have not taken into consideration how times have changed. We have exchanged wisdom for arrogance. Turn to Proverbs 16.25. In Proverbs 16.25, it says, 
there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it's the way of death. Put it back. We looked at God's list and saw love and exchanged it for lust, materialism, and cliques. Our churches have slowly turned into social clubs and just a place to see your friends with no room for visitors or anyone in real need of spiritual help. We exchange the kindness for our brother for selfishness. It became more important for everyone to see my new suit or my brand new dress or see my favorite brother and sister than it is to shake a visitor's hand or to greet them in Christian love. My brothers and sisters, there are people who are looking for answers in this cold world, and they're coming into the church and coming into the house of God, and we are turning them away left and right with our coldness. Galatians chapter 5, 22 through 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Gentleness, self-control, against such things there is no law. Hebrews 13 and 2 says that do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by this some have entertained angels without knowing it. Matthew 25, 35 through 46 tells me, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in, and naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did we see you a stranger and invite you in or naked and clothed? And when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? Then the king will answer and say to them, truly, I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you also did it to me. Then he will say also to those on his left, depart from me, accursed ones, and into the eternal fire which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat, and I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink, and I was a stranger, and you would not invite me in. And I was naked, and you clothed me not. And I was sick, and I was in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they themselves also would answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or naked or in prison? Truly, I say to the extent that you did it not to the one of least of them, you did not do it to me. These will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Church, I want to address the shootings this evening. I want to address the shootings that have sprung up all over America and leaving families in turmoil and police in confusion. My brothers, the answer is not in buying more guns. Or for us to be more violent. The Bible tells us in Matthew 26 and 52, Jesus said, put your sword back into its place. For all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Proverbs chapter 3 and 31 says, do not envy 
a man of violence and do not choose any of his ways. This gunman who was responsible for the massacre at the school in Uvalde, Texas, was able to buy two AR-15s after his 18th birthday. I wonder how many people we came in, we come into contact with daily that we can simply spread the love of God. How many young people are we encouraging to pick up a Bible instead of picking up a gun? Are we setting the example? In the last couple of years, I've seen more guns on people's hips than Bibles and cars being deployed to Iraq in 2003. I was issued a weapon and ammunition, but I can tell you honestly what saved my life and continues to save my Bible, the very word of God. My weapon made by man can jam up or it can get too hot if I use it too much. Or through human error, I might just miss my target. But I'm here to tell you that there isn't an age restriction on owning a Bible, and it never, ever runs out of ammunition. It has bullets that are able to pierce the sinner's heart, and it's not just the most powerful weapon on earth, but it's also my shield that can protect you from Satan's fiery darts. So I ask you tonight, I ask you this evening, I ask you forevermore to put your weapons back where you got them and pick up the Bible and submit in humble submission because you can walk and security and have no fear. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4 and number 12 says, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is in the center of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And Psalm 138 and 7 says, though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life and you stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies and your right hand delivers me. Uh, Hebrews 13 and 6 says to me, so we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can mere men do to me? Psalm 31, 1 verse 7 tells me, for it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence, and he will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you can seek refuge, and his faithfulness is a shield and a bulwark, and you will not be afraid of the terror that comes by night, or of the arrow that flies by day, of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, or the destruction that lays waste at noon, and a thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but shall not approach you. Amen. I hope someone on the line is agreeing and hearing with me, and I hope somebody riding in your car or listening in your home with your family or by yourself or wherever you are, that somebody can just say amen this evening. Church, we need to, as one nation under God, place prayer back where you found it. In our schools, town hall meetings, courthouses, PTA meetings, football fields, graduation auditorium, the state capitol building, house of representatives, 
the floor of Congress and the senatorial house. President George Washington, he said in history, he said it would be impossible to govern rightly without God and the Bible. And President John Adams also said that it would be impossible to govern without God and the Ten Commandments. And President Andrew Jackson said the Bible is the rock upon which our republic rests. And we were founded as a nation under God. So why don't we put it back where we found it? Amen. Jeremiah chapter 3 and 22 says, Return ye backsliding children, and I will heal your backslidings. Amen. Behold, we come unto thee, for thou art the Lord our God. America, we have to humble ourselves not to lobbyists and not to crooked politicians, but humble ourselves to the almighty God and America. We need to put it back where you found it. Amen. God's word was written, was not written by you. So how give you, how do you have the arrogance or what gave you the authority to change? Revelation 22 and 18 through 19 says, For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. Verse 19 says, If any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. Proverbs chapter 30, 5 through 6 says, Every word of God is pure, but he is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Add thou not unto his words, lest he repute, reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Galatians chapter 1, 6 through 9 says, I marvel that ye are soon, so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ into another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. America, I warn you, if you give Satan an inch, he will take a yard. The only person we should be concerned about satisfying is God. Put God back where you found him. Before there was anything, there was God. There at the center, our creator, our father, our deliverer, and our guide. God was there at the delivering of the Israelites. and He was the one who parted the Red Sea, the one who drowned Pharaoh's army, and he delivered David from Goliath. He stayed with Daniel all night long in the lion's den, and he took the heat out of the fiery furnace, and he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to be born in an animal barn, and turned water into wine, and caused the blind to see, and he woke up a dead girl and brought Lazarus back to life and cried with Mary and Martha. He delivered the possessed man. He faced temptation after 40 days without food. Then he taught the disciples, and in the end, he was made a propitiation for our sins. Brothers and sisters, Pilate, didn't even know what to do with him. And yet the Jews cried, crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said, why? 
What evil hath he done? And they kept crying louder, louder, crucify him. So Pilate then had him whipped, and they beat him with a whip until he was unrecognizable, but it was not enough for the Jews. So Pilate had Jesus walk up the hill of Golgotha with his cross on his back. And then my Lord Jesus Christ was laid down on that cross while the soldiers took nails and nailed his hands and feet to that cross. And over his head, they put up a sign that read, this is Jesus, King of the Jews. And around the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? They cried out one more time. I remember him saying, Father, forgive them because they do not know what they are doing. Then Jesus gave up the ghost and died on that rugged cross. But according to Mark 16 and 15, according to the Bible, it says, My Lord and Savior rose up on the third day in all power. Mark 16 and 15 says that Jesus said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. That was what he is expecting Christians to be doing. Your very life is your sermon. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Concern yourself tonight about not what you want, not what men want, but look at the list that God gave you. Before I bring this message to a close, let me end with this scripture. Mark chapter 12, 30 through 31. Mark chapter 12, 30 through 31. And it reads, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. My brothers and my sisters, put it back where you found it. Tonight you can be saved. If you, you have now heard the word according to Romans 10, 13 through 17, hear the word, and after you hear, hear the word, you must believe on it according to John chapter 2, 30 through 31, and Hebrews 11 and 6, Acts 16, 31. Then you must repent of your sins according to Luke chapter 13, 3 through 5, and Acts 2, 38. Then you must confess your sins. Matthew chapter 10, 32 through 33, and Romans chapter 10, 9 through 10. Then you must go down in the watery grave and, grave and be baptized. Mark chapter 16, 15 through 16. First Peter chapter 3 and 21. Acts in 2, 38. And then, after all this, you must live a godly life, according to Titus chapter 2, 11 through 14. And Romans 12, 1 through 2. Second Peter 1, 5 through 11. Once again, my brothers and sisters, everyone listening tonight, put it back where you found it. God bless you, and have a blessed evening. Amen. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. No, no.
If it was my grandma's touch on my grandma's mind, you knew me better in my grandma's time. But I sure wish I could go back to those days and times. Now, 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 I don't know if it was my grandma's touch of my grandma's mind. You know, maybe because I was looking through a little boy's eyes, but I sure thought things were better than they seem to be now. How in the world, how love, again I'd like to see love, respect, and dignity in our society, as the whole world gone crazy, things of the past, like youthful innocence. If only my eyes could see Things that my young heart believed Now we see too much When we're much too young Twelve years old And you're gonna be full grown That will make my grandma Down at grandma's church Grandma's mind You know me In my grandma's time But I sure is I could go back Days and
You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for spending a little time with us this evening in the study of God's Word. I want to thank both of my speakers on the radio broadcast this evening, C.W. Burris and my co-host, Ice Mothers. They always do a fantastic job on this program. And I also want to thank my special guest on the, in the Community Corner, presidential candidate of the United States, Alice Yancey P. from Covington, Georgia. Certainly appreciate her stopping by the Community Corner and wishing her the best of luck in the upcoming election in 2024. Good Lord will it, we will have a president of the United States that's a member of the Church of Christ. That would definitely be a blessing for this nation. I want to thank everyone who participated on the program this evening. What a blessing it is, and it is my prayer that these lessons that were given on this broadcast have been beneficial to your spiritual lives. And your relationship with the Lord has been strengthened because you're not only tuned in to this radio broadcast, but you're giving yourself over to a study of God's word. So until we meet again, I pray God's sincere blessings upon your lives. And that he bless you real, real good. You've been listening to What I Word from the Lord, the radio show on behalf of my co-hosts, Isa Muller, Shauna Otis, and Lou Gibbers, and Kelly Fletcher. We really do appreciate your love and support for these radio programs. I'm your host, Steve R. Butler. Good night, everybody. God bless you. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. I'm a heart-fighting soldier on the battlefield. I'm a heart-fighting soldier on the battlefield. I'm a heart-fighting soldier on the battlefield. Bringing souls to Jesus by the service that I give. I'm a heart-fighting soldier on the battlefield. I'm a heart-fighting soldier.
from the Lord Radio Show.
from the Lord Radio Show.